adventurer, and welcome back to Dragon Readers, the podcast about Aragon and the Inheritance Cycle and beyond? Question mark? I'm Nora. I'm joined by M. Hello. Literally, I almost called you Aragon. <laughs> Don't, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I was, I was like, E-name, E-name, E-name. If we got to pick characters to kin in this book, it's not him. <laughs> no, there's a guy coming in Eldest that I think you'll like more. Okay. <clears throat> I already feel like I got some guys, but okay. If you think, if you think there's someone even more. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, we did it. We finished Aragon. We did. Um, oh, weird. My headphones are backwards. I got the left ear on my right <laughs> ear. It's fine. It won't matter. <laughs> um... Yeah, so we finished... Much the... like Aragon, I have to switch my dominant ear. Oh my god. Uh, we finished the book. Do you want me to briefly summarize what happens in the book so we can just talk about yeah, it? Yeah, please do. So, um, they were captured by the Razak last we saw them. It turns out that they mm-hmm. were rescued by a strange name, Murtog. Murtog? Murtog? I don't actually know, because Mur- I know what it'd be in real life, but I don't know what fantasy world it says it is. Uh, what would it be in real life? It'd be Murtog, I believe. Like, the GH is, like, yeah. really light. It wouldn't be, like, Murtog. It's definitely... It's definitely Murtag. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Murtag instead of Murtag, and you're just going to have to deal with that one. Um, anyway, he's a he's a, he's a Aragorn motherfucker. Brom is mortally wounded, reveals that he's a dragon rider, gives Aragorn a blessing, um, and dies. And like, shit. They bury him. Uh, Sephira turns the ground around him into, like, diamond, which is sick. Mm-hmm. And he, he, uh, Aragorn's like, how the fuck did you do that? And she's like, I don't know. Dragon magic is weird sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, they decide they're going to um, travel together um, because Murtaugh's like, I want to kill guys. I'm here to kill the Razak and the, um, what's the orc guys? Urgles? Urgles, yes. I'm not, I'm not going to remember that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's really dodgy about his past. Uh, they... There's a whole bit where he's having dreams about the elf or whatever. Um, he's like, we got to go to Gilead. Maybe we'll find him. Um, they go to they go to Gilead and does he, get, he gets captured first, right? I'm, I'm like, I read all this in a real rush. Um, they get captured so- outside of Gilead. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aragon is is caught by the Shade, who's Durza, who's the Shade from the beginning of the book, who now has a name. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, there's a whole bit where Murtog and uh, Safira stage like an escape. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue. It truly is just one of those. Um, there's a bit where like Aragon's been drugged and they're like, he's like, oh, they're suppressing my magic. So I'm not going to drink any water or whatever. Uh, he sees the elf here. Obviously, he breaks her out um, or he realizes an elf. We'll talk about this because the elf stuff is ridiculous in this um he insists that they save the elf they do um and they flee um and she's like deeply poisoned he uses magic to like communicate with her because she's like put her body into like jedi meditation state um Mm -hmm. so the poison doesn't kill her and she's like oh i realized i wasn't actively being tortured but i wasn't sure what's going on because i'm catatonic but uh you need to take me to this place and tell them that i need this potion she's taking him to the varden basically and uh when 
uh, Murtaugh hears about that. He's like, I, I refuse to go to the Varden. And he's been really cagey anytime the Varden comes up. He's like, I've I got to live my own path. Uh, he's John Galt for adventures. Um, <laughs> and Aragon's <laughs> like, you need to tell me what's going on right now. And he reveals that he's the son of Morzan, the leader of the Forsworn, who are the evil writers that all died back in the day. In fact, he's the one, he's like the, the one that Brom killed. Like the sword that Aragon has is the sword that Morzan had, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and suddenly Aragon has this whole crisis of like, I don't know if I can trust you, even though Murtog has not done a single thing in this entire book <laughs> that implies you can't trust him. But suddenly he's all like, oh, I don't know. Anyway, as they're heading towards where the Var- uh, Varden are, they're, they're running into the armies of uh, Galbatorix. That's what it is, right? Galbatorix. Mm-hmm. Um, who are now like amassing in like surprising numbers and marching in the open. And they're chased into the valley where the Varden are and meet with the Varden. And the Varden are in this weird situation where their leader is Ajihad. And I just said that aloud and I went, man, that's a loaded thing to call your guy in 2023. Um playing with fire on that one um <laughs> anyway um the varden live are, are t- taking refuge in uh Farthendur, which is a dwarven kingdom in the mountain and they have an uneasy alliance with the dwarves um in that the dwarves are like helping them but the dwarves seem like there, there's conflicting ideas of what the dwarves should do about the world, as dwarves always are. Mm-hmm. And they're led by King Hrothgar, uh, named after the famous King of Beowulf, um, who is just the coolest guy in this book, I think. Just the best. I love him. Love dwarves. <laughs> I was really excited for all this dwarf stuff. Yeah. Um, there's like some evil twins. They're, they're, I just imagine the Matrix <laughs> twins, even though they're, they're described as evil. They didn't do anything. Evil. <laughs> they're described as bald and they have like <laughs> awful vibes. Literally, everyone goes, those motherfuckers are evil. But like in a way that we are going to use, they're useful, though. The very end mm-hmm. of this book implies that one of them is like one or both of them are like a rat to Gabatorix, even though it doesn't really come up again. Um, there's just a weird implication. I'm like, you should not leave a dangling thread like this right at the end of your book. Um mm-hmm. Which we'll mention, but um, there's like some downtime where he's got to be tested about whether how much magic he can use and how good he is with swords or whatever. Um, the elf's name, who's Arya, is being treated. Um, he gets shown around town by Oric, who's the nephew of the king, who is also a cool guy. A lot of cool dwarf stuff in this. Um, Safira has like a room way up high in like the dragon Ares because there used to be this used to be where you know the dragon riders lived and stuff. Um, a place where they would go, not like the mm-hmm. one place they lived. It seemed like they went all over because they're the cops of mm-hmm. old. Um, they have like a writer suite. Yes. Um, in the while there, he meets a bunch of people, including Ajahad's daughter Nasuada, who um, seems like she should be a major character, but I'm pretty sure about to leave this place. So I hope she comes with because otherwise she's not going to matter. Um, he also mm-hmm. runs across Angela and um, Solombum again, because they've just appeared here like the fucking merchant in Resident Evil 4. It's incredible. <laughs> I pop for this. So, because she's like, I, I go where the action is, and this is where the action is. And uh, I I was down on the normal floors where normal people live for a while, but everyone badgered me because I have too much magic. So now I live up here in like the, the empty, like high level, because the whole thing is like this dwarven, because dwarves just like, seemingly are on a bad way. Well, it seems like there's not a lot of dwarves anymore. Um, their kingdom is stretched really thin. So like most of the, the giant castle in the cavern is, is empty. It, like it's all abandoned there. They say there's floors where people haven't been in centuries. Um, Cause these are Tolkien ass dwarves that have shown up here. Yeah. Um, anyway, he gets tested on magic. Cause the twins test and they are, they're like the, the, 
Varden's magicians, um, and they want him to like reveal all his secrets, how many ancient words he's got, and they ask him to do something that he probably can't do, even though he's about to try, um, and gets stopped by Arya, who is alive and awake, and she's like, you can't do that, you're overstepping your bounds, everyone has to listen to her because she's really important. And then her and uh, Aragorn have a huge one-on-one throwdown where they just fight a bunch and everyone goes, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. She's like, all right, you're pretty cool. I sign off on you being a writer and a guy we can trust. Um, and then the Urgul army is seen in the tunnels leading up to the castle. Everyone preps for Helm's Deep. Uh, they let Murtog out because they know who he is and they they like arrest, they throw him in jail because they're like, he refused to get his mind scanned by the twins because he's all like rugged individualist. And everyone's like, you could be hiding the fact that you're evil. And he's like, I've done, not done a single thing evil, but I just refuse to allow myself <laughs> to be dominated by any other human being. And uh, they go, well, we can't trust you then. Um, but they do let him out for this fight because they need him and it's like the end of the world and they have a huge fight and everyone fights and uh, what happens? Aragon fights the shade and kills him. That's what happens. That's the main important thing and when he does that, Mm -hmm. he collapses into like a dream state and a voice tells him to come to Elismera, the elven capital far, far away Um, and he gets a big scar on his back just like Murtog has Um, and he's like I'm going to go I'm going to go with Arya to meet the elves and get real training because they're the only ones at this point who can train him because he's more Mm -hmm. powerful than everybody else yeah Um, and also as part of killing the shade uh, Arya and Saphira broke this huge uh, star sapphire or rose. Whatever. There's like the, um, the castle's in this giant cavern, rose. yeah. But on the in the roof of the ca- the enormous cavern is a huge star sapphire rose that they break and it shatters into a thousand pieces. And uh, uh, Saphira uses her dragon fire to break it in like her first like first time she's ever had dragon fire that she can manifest. So that's pretty sick. Um, Arya's just, yeah. like, throwing magic missiles left and right. She's, like, super Yeah, powerful. literally just magic missile. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's the end of the first book. We're going to... I'm trying to find the... Wow, there's a... I need I need to get off of Wikipedia and find Aragonpedia. Where, where is... Where are you? Inheritance Wiki. Inhera Wiki. There we go. Um, <clears throat> because oh god damn it, I'm on the guy, not on the book. Um, we uh got a a dream message from a mysterious voice who has a name, has a couple names in here. Oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff about like I am the dis- like it was something about like this disabled person who still has like full power or something. I'm sure you have the actual thing. Uh Togira Ikonoka, the cripple who is whole. Yes. Not 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 the best language on that one, but it's fine. Whatever. It's Christopher Paolini. This is I think a thing that he does a lot in his writing. Okay. Uh, I gotta say, I was surprised because the um the main battle is incredibly gory <laughs> for a book that mm-hmm. is like for kids. Uh, they just start like cutting guys up and they talk about heads exploding and blood everywhere. It's like full on Dragon Age is happening. There's also that part where Arya is like, yeah, as part of my torture, there's a let his men do whatever they wanted oh, yeah, with me and I use my powers to keep them from doing yeah, anything. It was like, oh yeah, I was going to be like totally mm-hmm. raped by this, these evil guys, but I, uh, I just, yeah, I just robbed them of their boners with my magic. So they couldn't do it. 
there's some it's some really weird dissonance sometimes uh, also when Arya shows up uh there's a whole bit where aragon's like oh she's like so beat up and she's bleeding and she looks like shit but i've never seen anyone so beautiful he just immediately gets like a turbo boner for this like tortured woman <laughs> and then once he has to like cure her wounds uh with his healing magic he's all like even though she's like covered in cuts and burns as i like you know heal all her wounds i'm like oh she's very shapely uh and i'm like jesus christ my guy <laughs> uh, and then safira makes fun of him for it later there's a bit where safira the, the dynamic on this one is weird where she goes uh you you're 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 into you uh, her shape is appealing to you and he's like yeah maybe a little bit what are you jealous or something she's like no absolutely not but in like a way where she clearly is a little bit which is not the vibe of their relationship at all except for this one scene uh I've I think of it as dragons being possessive. It's like a dragon thing, not like a relationship thing. If that makes sense, we're like, no, this is my this is my human. Nobody else can. That's fair. Be close to this. That's fair. It's just that it's kind just kind of thing. weird. There's a lot of stuff where mm-hmm. Safira, as she <clears throat> grows into like her wisdom, just feels really remote from Ar- like Safira just knows stuff and has relationships with other characters that Aragon is not privy to. But it's weird because the book is so in Aragon's head all the rest of the time that that stuff feels like it's like building a mystery. But I don't think it is. I just think Aragon's weird about his dragon GF, who's not really his GF, because <laughs> um, she's had a lot of conversations with Brom in secret. So she already knew that he used to be a writer. Yes. Also, his dragon's name was Saphira. Yeah, she says that there's a lot of stuff that she will tell him if it's relevant. Like, if it's an emergency, she'll let him know, but she swore to secrecy, and it's not worth him knowing. Um, There's a lot of, we can't tell you everything, kid, because the story still has to happen in this book. Yeah, we got three more books. Yeah. Two more books at the time of this writing. Oh, right. Uh, and also, she's BFFs with Solon Bum. Yes, that part's great. Yeah, they're just chilling. Yes. Just two cats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I kind of wish... Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish Durza hadn't died in the first book. Because, one, I think he's cool. And two, uh, I think having a recurring villain would be interesting to like have like a a a nemesis for aragon to like crash into multiple times i mean the thing is like he's meant to eventually face galvatorix so he can't have too much recurring villain because he's got to constantly be like rapidly expanding his power right Mm -hmm. and durga just doesn't have like darth vader vibes the reason you get away with darth vader is he's immediately (laughs) so overpowered um but i don't know yeah. durza did not seem like the guy that much uh i don't know it's weird because like i think this i think this book is at its best when people are just kind of chilling and there's a lot of downtime like just hanging out in dwarf kingdom best part of this book entirely i think it's incredible it, i love it this as some of the stuff i'm looking forward to in the next book okay as well. good <laughs> um but it does fi- i have it, split oh mm-hmm. you want to go ahead I was just gonna say I've split eldest into three chapters, yeah. And our fir- our first sort of section is not going to be like the plot progressing. <laughs> okay, good. That's exciting. Um, yeah, Durga getting got it feels like we. I don't have an ending to this book because the book wraps up in like a such a weird cliffhanger of I gotta go to this next place. I passed out. I'm briefly awake again. Um, the boy just keeps passing out. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, 
You asked me a question last time. What did I ask? Which is, I don't remember. You asked if there were any significant differences between the original self-published Aragon and the version oh, we yes. are reading today. Yes. The self-published version is 15,000 words longer. Of what? Traveling. Oh, no. <laughs> I kind of want to know, but I kind of don't want to know. Okay. Yeah, I... um. I mean, they do cross like with the, they're like, this is the longest desert in the world. And they do cross it in like three days. And I was like, it wasn't that bad. It was fine. <laughs> they went, th- they went diagonal down to a corner of the desert. Yeah. Um, cause there's a whole, there's hey, a Eric- whole like a bit where they're like, you know, they're doing the Legolas Aragorn Gimli three riders bit where they, once they arrive there, they're just like, I can't believe you've traveled 80 leagues in five days or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Aragon tries to turn sand into water. That part's so that cool. They cross. The desert more easily. He almost dies. It turns out, yeah, it's really hard to like manipulate the the um, properties of matter. Transmute a thing into another thing. Yeah, that part's nearly impossible. What he ends up doing is pulling the moisture out of the ground because even the desert has moisture in the ground, um, which is much easier. That's just lifting things. <laughs> yeah. That's just lift lift water. Yeah, um, which is smart. I like all the stuff where he uses his limited magic to do, uh, like, solve problems like that. It's weird because, like, I felt the first half of the book implied that Brom taught him, like, maybe, like, six words. But no, he seemingly has a lot of magic tucked away. <laughs> he's probably got a good 30 or 40 words. Yeah. I mean, he's, like, stringing together full sentences at some point. Like he he blesses yeah. a child when they get to the town. Everyone's like, "Oh, the dragon riders!" and uh, gives the child like a full sentence blessing. And then uh, Safira gives her like a diamond like jewel on her head by like breathing her dragon magic on or whatever. And that mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, that child's gonna go be a video game protagonist." <laughs> um, he said. Uh... May luck and happiness follow you, and may you be shielded from misfortune. Yes. But there's a bit where Sephira's like, you think that child's going to grow up and be like a, an innkeeper? Absolutely not. That child will go be a hero <laughs> of history. <laughs> you gave this baby a class level. <laughs> <laughs> um, good shit. Yeah. I uh, quite like the second half of this book. Um, I like all the dwarven stuff. There's a whole bit where Hrothgar, because the dwarves kind of are, uh, they remember when the dragons were just beasts or like, you know, they were, they had intelligence, but they weren't like part of an order of dragon. Like in the lore mm-hmm. of dwarves is a time before dragon riders where dragons were just monsters in a magical world. Um, and they don't really trust dragons cause they remember that. Um, and Hrothgar himself remembers like the old dragon riders because he's old as fuck. He's just an ancient dwarven king. Um, and so when he and Sephira meet, there's this great like battle of the wills where Sephira seems super tickled to meet someone so old and wise. It's really good. Sephira <laughs> mm-hmm. doesn't have it seems like Sephira doesn't actually have like memories of the like it's not like a reincarnation, right? It's not like she has memories from hundreds of years ago, but she, it, it, it's not that she doesn't have, like there's some sort of like sense that she is from the old world and still carries some part of it with her that I think is like really interesting. Yeah. We also have Ajahad and Nasuada who are both black characters. Yes. And we know that they're black because characters are like, do they dye their skin? What's up with that? What's going on? <laughs> well, Ajahad, Ajahad is uh, introduced as like a, he, they just mentioned that he has dark skin, like from the jump. And I was like, oh, a black person. I'm, I, you know, I'm a little surprised. It's 2003. Mm-hmm. 
Ajahn's cool. He is like the most like, look, running a resistance movement is really hard. He's got like a real politic worldview. He's like, I want, I am not going to be the guy who gets to control you. I already know that I've given that up, but I would like you to have the self-awareness to where you can control yourself. And I think you'll do the right thing and I'm doing the right thing. So I think we'll mostly be aligned as long as you're like, you're not corrupted by someone. And uh, <laughs> I just think his like straight talk is really good. I hope this guy turns out to remain cool because I like him a lot. <laughs> I like him a lot too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, th- this is not going to be a spoiler, but yes, Nasuata will be in the next book. Yeah. Um, and also, starting in Eldest, we will have POVs outside of Aragon. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm. I was not. Um. I was not expecting that. Yep. Yeah, and then that'll continue for the rest of the series. Okay. It's not, uh, it's not a choice I would have uh, expected, or I'm not even sure I like am super down for that, but I guess I'll find out how I feel about it. I feel like so much of the book is about a young man who is like unaware of a lot of what's going on around him doing his best in like a really earnest way that like, if the point of view character becomes someone who knows more things, then it just feels like the part where the audience is left out of a lot of plot, like things that are going to be revealed is like shocking events is like ridiculous, but who can say, we'll, we'll find out how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what are you, what are you hoping for in the, in the future? Well, I you said you wanted more dwarves. I want more dwarves. Um, I want, I know he's going to go meet the elves and do training stuff. I hope the elf stuff is not too intolerable. I just don't think elves are very interesting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of this like magic communication dream stuff has been kind of hokey. It's not really what I like in stories like this. Um, so I'm hoping whoever he meets is like, here's the thing. I think that stuff is like really hokey, but I think like Angela and Solemn Bomb are great. I need, I need more magic stuff like that and less magic stuff. Like, oh, I had a dream of a voice that said, come to the North and learn. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, th- this person is uh, d- disabled. And then he wakes up and feels the scar across the back. He's like, I've been disfigured. And I'm like, you have a sick scar. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get it. But it is very much how. At no point is Murtaugh, who also has the exact same scar, described as like horribly disfigured. <laughs> yeah, no. He's scarred because literally he's scarred. Yes. But like, you know. Uh, if you're like a big uh, we, adventure sword guy, you have a six scar. Like that's like just normal. Um, we should mention that the way Murtag got his scar is that his dad threw Zarok his sword at him when he was a child. Yes, he had a very bad upbringing. Yeah, the Murtag stuff's weird because like he describes like a, a a whole life of like child abuse. It was both his his father, and then when his father died, like the king wanted like raise him up to be the, like one of the leaders of his armies. And then he refused, um, and ran away. Um, and all of it makes sense and all of it's consistent with the world. And yet everyone's like, Oh, Murtaugh is like the most sus man in the world, even though he's done nothing. He has just been helpful yeah, I don't know. and useful at all times. Having an evil dad makes you evil. Murtaugh points out like he could have killed Aragon about 80 times <laughs> and did not. And at, by the time they finally get to the Varden, Arrog- like they're running from the Urgles, and Murtag's like, "Hey, there's like a way out for me, right? Like I can get out of this valley oh. somehow without 
Yeah, because he, he Aragon basically all but promises him that he'll let him like take his own path because he doesn't want to go to the Varden and he can go be free. Um, and Aragon will go to the Varden. And by the time they get to there, uh, he's like, I wasn't shown the exact way. And so I don't know. And I think we're penned in in this little valley. And he goes, you've tricked me. <laughs> and Aragorn's like, are you, Aragorn's like, are you kidding me? No, I haven't. What you, I would never do. Such, I'm just a normal boy. I'm just a young boy in the world. <laughs> um, there's a lot of petulance in how Aragorn treats Murtog specifically of like the minute Murtog wants a thing that Aragorn doesn't agree with because he kind of, I feel like Aragorn views them as like equals. Cause they're both like, Oh, we're, we thrown together now that Brom's dead. Um, Aragon just kind of treats him like shit sometimes is very like is very like dismissive of things Murtog wants, even though Aragon yeah. rolls over for any authority figure in the book. <laughs> I really think he goes yeah. out of his way to like if someone's got power over him, he's like he is like either fearful or careful or like way too nice <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Which is not a good sign when you're going to go fight the evil king. I mean, it it seems like he's very aware that the evil king is not a guy he could, like, be nice to. It's not like I'm worried about that. I just think that sometimes he's, he's a suck up to authority and he treats his equals like shit. Yeah, there's there's a point before that where they come across some slavers. Oh, right. And yes. Murtag fucking ice is one of them. And Aragorn's like, he was defenseless. You, couldn't, you shouldn't kill people. It's wrong to kill people. And I, I, yeah, there's they're slavers. <laughs> And they could have gone and reported where you are because you're on a fucking dragon, which don't exist anymore. And Murtaugh points, points all this out. <laughs> and also, how many Urgles have you killed at yes. this point, Aragon? Yes. Also, Aragon <laughs> is no hesitation murdering people like further on in the book and even before that in the book. Where he's blowing guys up left and right. Well, it's all Urgles, though. There's a bit so in the people. in the final battle where he uses his magic to like s- just snap a guy's neck. He like force pushes his neck, mm-hmm. his head off his neck, basically. That's that's correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, ridiculous. I do like uh, when Safira gets armor. Safira and armor is pretty mm-hmm. sick. Uh, I also like that despite that, it kind of, it kind of sucks. Like it helps a little bit, but they eventually have to take it off of her because like, she's hit by so many blows that the chest plate is like caved in and it was like interrupting her capacity to like breathe and fly. So, um, it's just, it's just a neat, it's like a real, like, oh, I, 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 I he wasn't watching a lot of YouTube about medieval armor, but like mm-hmm. you watch when, as someone who's watched too many YouTube videos about medieval armor, they, they take damage and then they're less useful. You got to take them off because they're wrecked yeah. and they'll hurt you. Um, and I like that bit. I was like, this is some real nerd shit. I appreciate this. Christopher Paolini's main hobby outside of like his writing career is blacksmithing. Oh, okay. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> He, um, what a fucking he's nerd. <laughs> he's he, when you see him in like his YouTube videos, he's got the swords from this book that he's made on his wall. Oh my god, incredible. I have to I I probably should wait till we're done, but I'll have to look that up at some point. Uh yeah. So there's there's a good amount of stuff about like metalworking in in these books. Mm-hmm. Um um yeah. But yeah, uh, like I said, uh, it was it was very breezy. A lot like all, everything that happens happens in the second half of this book. So it was just like and we were like a little over halfway. And so it just cooked the entire way through. Do you feel like it could have benefited from having 15,000 more words in it? Mm, not if they were the travel part. No. <laughs> if it was if it was just hanging out and like uh, talking to Oric and like eating food in the, in the big dwarven place, then yeah, maybe. 
I get 15,000 more words of Hrothgar, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> uh, I am. I did not count how many chapters I had selected. Oh, but this has numbers for me. No, it doesn't. This is not actual chapters. But um, for our next chunk of reading, we will be starting with uh, A Twin Disaster, which is the first... Uh, okay. Uh, chapter. Wow, they're just gonna they're gonna turn out these guys who I thought were evil are definitely evil right from the jump, huh? What do you mean? <laughs> maybe there's just two disasters happening. Oh uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a nine eleven <laughs> metaphor. Who can say? <laughs> um, we and we will be reading through the chapter called "Out of the Past." Okay. I don't know how long uh, that is. I'll just have to figure it out, I guess. I also don't know how long that is. I've been trying to figure it out, but I don't have a physical copy to, like, visually judge it. Um, if you're starting to get tired, we will readjust uh, our selection. Okay. But I think starting with the third and fourth books, it'll be at least four, if not more, parts. Okay. Um, th- these are the... For, so for Eldest, I went with, like, sort of pacing or thematic splits yes. and i might have to just give that up if if it's too much so you just let me know how how it works okay yeah i'll just be like this is too much fucking reading because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like it's like almost 200 pages more than aragon right uh i could probably tell you that right now wikipedia it says is... 509 versus 694 so yeah yeah yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, we'll see. And uh, listeners, if we change our minds, you'll be the third to know. Yes. <laughs> but that uh, brings us to the end of Aragon. And next time, we'll be starting Eldest. I'm really excited. I, I feel like this one feels kind of abrupt, but like, I was like, oh, we're getting to stuff. And then it was over. And I was like, shit, I really want to read more of this. Um, but I don't know if I have that much to say about what happened this time. Because it's mostly set up for whatever is about to pop off. I hope. Knock on wood. Yeah. Nothing happens in Eldest. And I'm like, well, I don't know what I, I, don't know what I was saying. I was full of shit. <laughs> we got three whole books left. Yeah. For this part, at yep. least. So. Hey, I, now that I know there's a book called Murtog and I've met Murtog, I'm like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> What 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 possibly could happen in the next four books that justify a whole book about Murtog shit? I don't know. He's he's like know. a really one note character, and I think he's like fine. And like I, it's like the energy about like everyone thinking that he's like a traitor, even though he's clearly just like a normal good guy. Watch, like I get you're just like sitting there laughing because he turns out to actually be like Galbatorix's fucking Horcrux or something, and uh, he's super evil and the actual final villain, and that's why he gets a book about him. Um, all things are possible. Anything could happen. It's fantasy novels. Anything could happen. Um, I did. Uh, so I thought the Arya stuff before we wrap. I don't, I'm not in a huge rush to finish. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the I thought Arya is a little bit of like a genre writers being extremely normal about women in derogatory mm-hmm. right uh, i think she's like oh she's perfect she's powerful she's wise she's got all this magic and he saved her and she's indebted to him and it's it's weird and then they threw nasawada in the mix and i'm like wait a second <laughs> is this actually the romance is this all a faint uh because they spent a lot of time describing nasawada like her bearing there's a whole bit where 
um, Murtaugh sees her and is like, she's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. She's just like the nobles back in the castles and, you know, back at home or whatever. And I'm like, uh, this is a lot for a character that's in like three paragraphs. <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> oh the one thing the one thing that i was like this is a weird third to drop is it's mentioned that the twins because the twins are like running the like magical communication between all the parts of the battle they're like because aragon tries to call him for help when he's fighting the shade or whatever it's like the twins were busy fighting off another uh force that had erupted in the castle um because they come up from underneath the castle at the very end and there's a bit where aragon goes that doesn't that doesn't sound right there's something wrong with that but then the book ends before they ever fucking address it <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh they also have um the twins are get this right uh the i think they're the head of duvrangergata which is a little magician's club within the varden mm-hmm. and they really want him to join and he's like fuck off <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah, no, they they always want guys to join. Uh, they're the ones who, like, that group is the one that was bugging um, Angela, and she's like, no, I'm just gonna live up in the floors where nobody goes. Yeah, I don't want any of that. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. There's a whole bit with Braum where she's like, oh, yeah, there was a whole bit with Braum where, like, the reason I thought his death was, or his death was like a joke and when people could see the future is he, the only thing he was ever meant to be successful at was defeating, uh, what's-his-face? the the bad the Morris yeah um and so i knew whatever he was attempting to do was going to be a failure so any of his like trying to raise you and get you to safety was doomed to fail uh, i didn't realize it would happen like three minutes after i met you that's unfortunate <laughs> <laughs> but not my fault yes. also <laughs> yes <laughs> um I'll, i think she also settled the frog thing as well what, i don't what remember. frog thing because when they first meet Angela, she was like, I'm trying to prove the toads don't exist. Oh, right. Forgot about that. Goofy. She's a goofy character. She is a goofy character. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit where she like shows up at the battle with like fucking armor, like full suit of armor and like a fucking staff <laughs> with two swords on the ends. Like she's Darth mauling it over here. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is the most indulgent book I've ever read. <laughs> I don't hate it. Kind of That's like, the thing. I, it's not a complaint, but I'm just like, there's no restraint. <laughs> Subtleties for losers. <laughs> She's kind of like um, Darth Maul, Miss Frizzle. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to do some plugs or did you have more? No, to... no, no. I think that's everything. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. You can find all my podcasts at normalmapping.com. If you'd like to hear me talk about books in another show, you can listen to Around the Long Fire where we're reading the Nibelungen lead. And uh, we're about to, we're not quite there yet. We've got like a couple more episodes, but like we're going to do Beowulf next. I think we settled on that. Uh, we Hell bought our yeah. copy of Beowulf today over lunch. Uh, we were discussing what we were going to do. After that, we're going to do some Arthuriana. So we're going to be cooking for a while on... Uh, on stuff so listen to the next episode actually when are you putting this up <laughs> um tomorrow for patrons okay and a week from now for uh, everyone else well if you're everyone else the episode that comes out this week and <laughs> if your patrons episode comes out next week we will talk about which version we're doing i think we picked i guess i could just say we're let me look at my conversation with neve um we are reading the uh headley translation Oh, good. That's the one on my shelf. Yeah. I briefly entertained the notion of doing a podcast 
to watch every film adaptation of Beowulf. Yes, I know. Just to like play around with that because I think Beowulf's cool. Yeah. Um, but I didn't do that. We had both read the Haney translation, um, which is the famous one from a while, like before. The Headley one's like new and like a big, people were very excited about her doing a translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Haney one's like kind of the go to one before that. Uh, but we both read that one, so we kind of want to do a different one. Um, so that's it. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. <clears throat> if you heard what we just said there and you're like, wait a second, I can listen to this at podcast a week early. Yes. If you go to exportaud.io or patreon.com slash export audio, you can give us a dollar every month to get not only this podcast early, but access to a whole bunch of other stuff. Lots of podcasts over there, all in one convenient feed. So please go do that. You can also find me on social media websites abroad as Skulldaughter and find stuff I've done at norablake.online. Um, I forgot to put my... Here here we go. Um, I didn't have the, the sign off oh, in front of right, me. Yes. I, I, I don't have it in my head. No. Seoner Sferdar Sitya Havas. There we go. <laughs> the pulling from mythology is is the funniest part of this book regularly i love it, it it's so corny just a kid yeah. showing you the things he's into exactly no wonder that this was my favorite book for you yes uh all right see everybody next week actually in two weeks not next week forget that this is not a weekly podcast i would die <laughs> see you in a fortnight they should put Aragorn on Fortnite. That's what they should do. Dude!